This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, today's a great, great program. We have Megan Kelly on to talk about her meeting. Putin, she's met him a couple of times. What does she think is really going on? Also, we talk a little bit about uh, your gas price and what we really should be doing. Michael Schellenberger is uh, is joining us uh, for hour two of the podcast and the State of the Union address. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, maybe they'll touch on the supply chain issues. And by the way, you may have thought there were problems with our supply chain, but I can tell you right now. The Great Reset is in bookstores for the first time yeah, in months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Well, we just you know, needed to get some paper. It's a good problem to have, yeah. Glenn. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> no. Uh, so you can get it now in bookstores. Also, you can read the first chapter online for free at glennsnewbook.com and find out wherever you can get it. Uh, check it out there. Uh, also, want to tell you tonight uh, for the State of the Union at youtube.com slash America. I'm going to be doing live uh, coverage, walking walking you through these moments, watching it along with you. Watch the State of the Union with me on YouTube, youtube.com slash America. I'll be making wise-ass comments uh, throughout no. and, uh, and doing a little a bit of a live fact check yeah. as well, yeah. which it needs. Uh, so right. check it out uh, I'm on sure YouTube. all the facts are going to be right on. He's created more jobs than any other president. Oh, he's going to say that and it's oh, going to, I'm going to lose gonna, my, <laughs> The bragging about the economy is going to be the hardest yeah. thing to take. Well, no, I think he can outdo himself. <laughs> we'll see. He can outdo himself. just give you a couple of uh, tweets. Um, Russia has leveraged an economy half the size of Germany's to end the post-Cold War era and defeat NATO. It did so with aggression, natural gas, and nuclear. America must produce massively more nuclear, natural gas, and oil, or the liberal de- uh, democratic Western civilization is dead. It's civilizational suicide. Everyone has been asleep. It is time to wake up. That tweet is from Michael Schellenberger, who is on the phone with us now. Hi, Michael. How are you? Great. Great to be with you, Glenn. So, uh, you know, tonight with the State of the Union, uh, they're going to go on and on. They can't pass the Build Back Better bill. So they're going to take all of the green energy stuff and rename it and try to pass it through. Um, can, can you please explain uh, to the audience, what you think these things are going to do? Well, it's going to be a terrible effect on the economy, potentially on the environment. I mean, we're in the worst energy crisis in world history since 1973, and it's going to get worse, much worse. And I don't think people are aware of just how serious the political situation is. We could see the president restrict oil exports, which might be justified in the future because of um, rising oil prices, but then that would put much of the world uh, and much of Europe, it would strengthen Putin's hand to basically sell oil to those countries that were quiet about his invasion of Ukraine. We 
basically have engaged in wishful thinking about trying to rely on weather-dependent renewables, solar panels and wind turbines specifically, when you need reliable sources of energy, and the two best that we have are nuclear energy and natural gas, and both of those technologies have been so restricted by progressives that it left Europe dependent on Russia and that's why Russia felt so comfortable invading Ukraine. You, you're, you, one of your tweets, you said, imagine making our high energy capitalist civilization work on energy sources that literally kept humans trapped in poverty for centuries. Renewables is the energy of serfs and slaves. Yeah, I don't think people realize, you know, we have a terrible understanding of history, particularly maybe more of us in in America than in Europe. But even in Europe, we've just forgotten that we couldn't have had the Industrial Revolution, which which lifted life expectancy from 30 years to 70 years. That could not have happened with renewables, with wood, with water wheels, with windmills. The same problem exists, an inherently physical problem. Renewable fuels, sunlight, wind, water, these are too energy dilute to provide the sufficient power that you need to power our machines, which make our, this incredible prosperity that we enjoy and take for granted possible. So we just have been in like a dream state, whereas Putin was in the real world, the real world of nuclear power, which generates significant quantities of heat, He was in the real world of natural gas, and he built nuclear plants at home so he could export gas to Europe, make Europe dependent on him. And as Europe left on the daydream around returning to some, you know, ecotopia, some period that never existed, in truth, the period that that the romance of renewables conjures was a period of poverty, misery, slavery, and serfdom. So I think this is a wake-up call. I think things, everything's going to change now. Well, did We're going to be reminded why we need fossil fuels and nuclear. Did you see that the leader of the Green Party in Germany yesterday, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that, that whole party started because of nuclear energy. They said that they will compromise uh, on nu- uh, nuclear power plants uh, to keep them running uh, if it means that they can get off of the teat of, of Russia. That's remarkable. It's amazing. I mean, basically, people who had previously been against nuclear are absolutely changing their minds. We'll see what happens in Germany. I mean, it tells you how much how much nuclear has become the secular devil for for Germans and, and progressives and Greens in particular in Germany that they were willing to you know, massively increase their defense spending, which I think mm-hmm. we should all be concerned about, actually, given the history of Germany. <laughs> yeah. But they increased their defense spending before they would turn their nuclear plants on. But I do think things are changing very rapidly. So who is leading this? Is it the United States that is leading this? Because, I mean, yesterday um, they asked uh, Pete Buttigieg about, you know, what are we doing about the cost of gasoline? And he's in a fantasy world listen to how he responded drill more open up more u.s land to drilling what's the administration's response to that idea 
Well, look, the, the president has uh, laid out and taken a, a number of steps, including addressing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, uh, including diplomatic efforts to increase global oil production and other ideas that have been raised that are on the table because uh, everything deserves to be considered. But let's also be clear that we are in the middle of a long-term transformation uh, that is already fast underway, especially when it comes to vehicles. Uh, making electric vehicles more affordable for Americans, something that the president has proposed okay, and is stop. hoping Congress... Stop. I mean, this is the Great Reset <laughs> nonsense. Uh, I mean, how are we going to power those electric vehicles, uh, you know, assuming everybody gets one real quick? What's, what he said was really disturbing to me is, you know, we can't forget we're in the midst of uh, a grand turnaround and going into a different direction. They're not stopping. They will not stop. No fact or crisis will uh, will get them to stop and go the other direction. No, I mean, and, and look, it's it's you, you know, this is the idea that we're going to switch to lithium and suddenly we're going to replace all of our petroleum with lithium and then what become dependent on Bolivian mining. There, there's a there's an unreality here. People are living in a daydream. Putin lives in the real world In the real world. You need significant amounts of power. The more of it that can come from your own country, the better. The more you can export, the better for your country. So if you care about America and you care about American interests, what you want to do is, is rely more on American power, not less. So look, the Tesla is a beautiful car. Electric cars are really interesting. But the long-term trajectory of this is that we're going to move from oil and natural gas to hydrogen and nuclear. And this has been understood for many decades. So the, so the transportation secretary, who, by the way, understands absolutely nothing about energy and has no experience or record on energy, and yet energy is fundamental to transportation. Mm -hmm. He is bought into basically just a fad, and a, really that comes out of a religious, a new secular religion that imagines we're going to harmonize ourselves with the natural world through renewables and electric cars. So how long will it take us to and 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 when do we hit a point of no return where they've just crippled us uh, on oil and gas and and any kind of of energy that would actually be reliable? I mean, Glenn, as you know, we're missing leadership at every level of our society in many ways, and so we're, we don't have the leadership that's ex that's explaining to the American people what's in our best interests, what's in the best interests of our allies in Europe, our best interests of Japan and South Korea and our allies in the Pacific region. That is a nuclear future. It's an oil and gas future. The good news is we may not need to use as much coal in the future, and we certainly won't because we do have so much oil and gas. But progressives, I'm afraid to say, my, my former party, uh, have repressed those energies in the name of relying on solar panels made by enslaved Muslims in China and in Europe relying on Putin for all of for a significant portion of their gas, enough gas to make them unable to stand up to him and prevent him from invading Ukraine. So we've got to reorient towards American energy, American power. That American power is literal and figurative. If we have a lot of American power in the form of nuclear, natural gas, and, and petroleum, then we have significant American power globally for progressive Western civilization, not for the dictatorship that we see in China, 
with creepy facial recognition and social media software designed to control its population, or with Putin. Putin is going to start bombing apartment buildings. Putin is going to kill a lot of people. We have this beautiful thing called civilization, Western liberal civilization. You can be Jewish, Christian, Muslim. You cannot believe in God, and everybody has the same rights. You can, you can disagree with the president. You can, you can attack, you can criticize the president in our countries, in our liberal democracies. That's not what's going on in China and Russia. And I think that the invasion of Ukraine is a wake-up call, that we have got to assert our power as people that believe in Western civilization. And that means that we need really powerful sources of energy, nuclear power, natural gas, oil. We can't be dependent on solar panels and weather-dependent wind turbines, which fail when we need them the most and are produced by people that are against our values. Michael, um, when are people going to really feel, I mean, I can't believe people are as silent on gas prices as they are right now. Um, and, well, and it's absurd because we have so much petroleum. I know. We have this blessing in the form of shale, this incredible rock formation we pull out of it, light, sweet, crude. We, have to tra- we should have been working to transform our refineries much more, much more quickly over the last several years than we did. We should be pumping much more petroleum into our, into our, into our allies so they're not dependent on the Russians. But with the they're e- dependent on the Russians for like 20% of their petroleum in, in Europe and, and, and much more than that for coal and natural gas. Coal and natural gas is 50, over 55% for Germany. You know, if we provide those fuels, then they're less dependent on, on really bad actors like Putin and Xi. Well, we can't. Uh, our banks won't finance any of those uh, new refineries uh, or right. any of the updates because of insane. ESG scores. Uh, Mike, insane, which which is which is so corrupt that it suggests that a power source, namely solar panels, which require three to four hundred times more land than natural gas or nuclear, are somehow better for the environment, even though you have to spread them all over deserts, kill endangered species. And they think that they, they manipulate the numbers to show that solar was better than even nuclear, which produces the least amount of waste, the, uses the smallest amount of inputs. And, and then they've killed, our, they've killed off the natural gas and oil industry when we should be exporting it abroad. And gasoline in California now costs over $5 a gallon. It should cost half that. You know, we should have a, we, we have a world-class industry and we have throttled it, we have, we, have squished, we have squashed it in the name of importing crappy solar panels from China made by enslaved Muslims. And now you see the consequences. This is real-world stuff. People are being killed in Ukraine because Europe got over-dependent on Russian gas and coal exports and oil exports. Michael Schellenberger, thank you so much for everything you do. He's the author of Apocalypse Never. Also, San Francisco uh, and uh, the founder and president of Environmental Progress. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Glenn. You bet. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I want to give you a piece of news, uh, and I can give you the reports, or you can look them out up, up on your own. Uh, Advancing Digital Agency, the power of data intermediaries, and Digital ID Framework that the WEF has published. Okay, so we have, we have two reports, 
and uh, it's really exciting from the World Economic Forum. Listen to this. Well, let me start with this. I have been trying to keep my extended family in the loop, and I have found two things that have happened. One, and it may be because, you know, I, uh, I don't couch things. Uh, it, one is everybody is either overreacting and like, oh, my gosh, my hair is on fire today. And no, you just have to do things to prepare for a new world. Um, the other reaction is this is crazy. This, there's no way this is going to happen. No way these things could happen. It's 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 a fantasy. Well, it was a fantasy in 2016 that Donald Trump would be our president. It was a, a fantasy to have a president sitting on the pot, you know, making jokes and torching people on Twitter. But it happened. It's a fantasy that we would have 40 year high inflation rate like this because the Fed printed and gave away about a hundred trillion dollars it's a fantasy just last week that we would be talking about nuclear war so don't tell me it it's beyond the realm of possibilities i don't see anything let me remind you Two years ago, the Pentagon, and if you've not heard this yet, look it up. The Pentagon came out and said, yep, there's some sort of alien life form, uh, and we've got one of their ships, or at least pieces of it. So I'm not really surprised by anything anymore. Now, for those who think the Great Reset is not going to control every aspect of your life, let me give you a couple of things. They are um, they are now taking the next step to shape global, regional and industry agendas end quote. Uh, with a new digital ID system under the framework, the WEF proposes collecting data from many aspects of people's everyday lives. That's a quote through their devices, telecommunication networks, and third-party service providers. The WEF suggests that this data collection dragnet would allow a digital ID. Now listen to this. It's very narrow. It would allow a digital ID to scoop up data on people's online behavior, purchase history, network usage, credit history, biometrics, names, national identity numbers, and medical history. Plus your travel history, social accounts, e-government accounts, bank accounts, energy uses, health stats, education, and I love this one, and more. What's left? Once the digital ID has access to this huge, highly personal set of data, the WEF proposes using it to decide whether users are allowed to, quote, own and use devices, quote, Open bank accounts, quote, carry out online financial transactions, quote, conduct business transaction, quote, access insurance and treatment, book trips, still quoting, go through border control between countries or regions, still quoting, access third party services that rely on social media logins, file taxes, vote, collect benefits, End quote. 
So, you know, that little that passport that they gave you, it was so crazy to think that maybe that covid passport might grow into something. Oh, exactly like this. In this advancing digital agency, the power of data intermediaries report, the WEF positions this digital ID framework as part of the solution to a trust gap in data sharing and notes that vaccine passports, which were mandated across the world during COVID-19, do by nature serve as a form of digital identity. The WEF also praises the way vaccine passports have allowed governments to harvest data from their populations, I'm quoting, without notice or consent. Oh, I love that when our government does that, don't you? Quoting, at a collective level, vaccine data is incredibly uh, incredible public health asset. The United Kingdom's government in particular has acknowledged this and has suggested uh, that they would uh, anonymize it and data shield techniques that could be harnessed in controlled environments to allow for the reuse of that highly sensitive data. In such cases, notice and consent is not required per se for the reuse of data, but the intermediary processes the data undergoes must be done in a controlled environment so that the findings of the data set are made available rather than the data itself. Who's going to protect us? Additionally, the WEF provides a specific example of how digital IDs could be used to authenticate a user by using fingerprints, a password, or identity verification technology, and decide whether they should be granted, I'm quoting, access to a bank loan by judging their profile, which may include biometrics, name, national identity number, and history, which may include credit, medical, and online purchasing history. The WEF goes on to suggest that digital IDs will allow for the selection of preferences and making of certain choices in advance and ultimately pave the way for automated decision making where a trusted digital assistant automates permissions for people and effectively manages their data across different services to overcome the limitations of notice and consent. This is great. They're also talking about turning your heartbeat into a digital ID. Uh huh. And governments and private corporations increasingly embracing digital IDs. Some governments are also pushing a similar notion social credit style apps that monitor citizens' behavior and reward them for engaging in state approved actions. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Now, let me just throw this on the fire for you. One of the most widely used services to check the credit worthiness of individuals and small businesses is FICO, F-I-C-O, right? Banks, credit unions, they examine your application for a loan. FICO is often the first place that they turn. When customers look up their credit score, they're usually talking about their FICO score. Now, we've 
suspected for quite a while that ESG scores, which are kind of a social credit score, similar to the ones that they're using in China, could someday soon be tied with personal credit scores so that a low ESG score could uh, cause your personal credit score to drop and your access to loans and mortgages along with it. But it's it's rare to see even the staunchest ESG supporter openly admit something like that. However, let's go to FICO's website in a little piece titled Lending Predictions of 2022. From BNPL to ESG and more, in which a FICO senior principal consultant seems to suggest he believes in 2022, ESG could be directly linked to personal and small business credit scores. This is crazy. This will never happen. It is happening. What you're seeing happen to Russia right now, and praise Allah, it's happening. I am all for the, the sanctioning of Russia, but the way they're cutting them off in all ways will be used against you unless you fall in line. You can't wait for people to um, buy into this because some people will just wait and wait and wait and it'll be too late. Find the people who will do their own homework. Let me give you this. Uh, the Secretary General of the United Nations just said, turning this ship around, meaning the world, will take immense willpower and ingenuity from governments and business alike in every major emitting nation. You're going to see tonight, uh, with the State of the Union, Joe Biden trying to make a case for green energy. A, listen to this quote, a key focus of my administration will be the revitalization of Japan through, and I'm quoting, a new form of capitalism. He said the time has come for historic economic and social transformations and that Japan will pioneer a new form of public-private partnership with leaders of government, industry, and labor all working together to shift policies into a new form of capitalism. That's the Prime Minister of Japan. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. I want to give you a piece of news uh, and I can give you the reports or you can look them out up, up on your own uh, advancing digital agency, the power of data intermediaries and digital ID framework that the WEF has published. OK, so we have we have two reports and uh, it's really exciting from the World Economic Forum. Listen to this. Well, let me start with this. I have been trying to keep my extended family in the loop. And I have found two things that have happened. One, and it may be because, you know, I, uh, I don't couch things. Uh, it, one is everybody is either overreacting and like, oh, my gosh, my hair is on fire today. And no, you just have to do things to prepare for a new world. Um, the other reaction is, this is crazy. This, there's no way this is going to happen. 
No way these things could happen. It's 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 a fantasy. Well, it was a fantasy in 2016 that Donald Trump would be our president. It was a, a fantasy to have a president sitting on the pot, you know, making jokes and torching people on Twitter. But it happened. It's a fantasy that we would have 40 year high inflation rate like this because the Fed printed and gave away about a hundred trillion dollars it's a fantasy just last week that we would be talking about nuclear war so don't tell me it it's beyond the realm of possibilities i don't see anything let me remind you Two years ago, the Pentagon, and if you've not heard this yet, look it up. The Pentagon came out and said, yep, there's some sort of alien life form. Uh, and we've got one of their ships or at least pieces of it. So I'm not really surprised by anything anymore. Now, for those who think the Great Reset is not going to control every aspect of your life, let me give you a couple of things. They are um, they are now taking the next step to shape global, regional and industry agendas, end quote. Uh, with a new digital ID system under the framework, the WEF proposes collecting data from many aspects of people's everyday lives. That's a quote through their devices, telecommunication networks, and third-party service providers. The WEF suggests that this data collection dragnet would allow a digital ID. Now listen to this. It's very narrow. It would allow a digital ID to scoop up data on people's online behavior, purchase history, network usage, credit history, biometrics, names, national identity numbers, and medical history. Plus, your travel history, social accounts, e-government accounts, bank accounts, energy uses, health stats, education, and I love this one, and more. What's left? Once the digital ID has access to this huge, highly personal set of data, the WEF proposes using it to decide whether users are allowed to, quote, own and use devices, quote, Open bank accounts, quote, carry out online financial transactions, quote, conduct business transaction, quote, access insurance and treatment, book trips, still quoting, go through border control between countries or regions, still quoting, access third party services that rely on social media logins, file taxes, vote, collect benefits. End quote. So, you know, that little that passport that they gave you, it was so crazy to think that maybe that covid passport might grow into something. Oh, exactly like this. In this advancing digital agency, the power of data intermediaries report the WEF positions this digital ID framework as part of the solution to a trust gap in data sharing and notes that vaccine passports, which were mandated across the world during COVID-19 do by nature serve as a form of digital identity. 
The WEF also praises the way vaccine passports have allowed governments to harvest data from their populations. I'm quoting without notice or consent. Oh, I love that when our government does that. Don't you? Quoting at a collective level, vaccine data is incredibly uh, incredible public health asset. The United Kingdom's government in particular has acknowledged this and has suggested uh, that they would uh, anonymize it and data shield techniques that could be harnessed in controlled environments to allow for the reuse of that highly sensitive data. In such cases, notice and consent is not required per se for the reuse of data, but the intermediary processes the data undergoes must be done in a controlled environment so that the findings of the data set are made available rather than the data itself. Who's going to protect us? Additionally, the WEF provides a specific example of how digital IDs could be used to authenticate a user by using fingerprints, a password, or identity verification technology, and decide whether they should be granted, I'm quoting, access to a bank loan by judging their profile, which may include biometrics, name, national identity number, and history, which may include credit, medical, and online purchasing history. The WEF goes on to suggest that digital IDs will allow for the selection of preferences and making of certain choices in advance and ultimately pave the way for automated decision making where a trusted digital assistant automates permissions for people and effectively manages their data across different services to overcome the limitations of notice and consent. This is great. They're also talking about turning your heartbeat into a digital ID. Uh huh. And governments and private corporations increasingly embracing digital IDs. Some governments are also pushing a similar notion social credit style apps that monitor citizens' behavior and reward them for engaging in state approved actions. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Now, let me just throw this on the fire for you. One of the most widely used services to check the credit worthiness of individuals and small businesses is FICO, F-I-C-O, right? Banks, credit unions, they examine your application for a loan. FICO is often the first place that they turn. When customers look up their credit score, they're usually talking about their FICO score. Now, we've suspected for quite a while that ESG scores, which are kind of a social credit score, similar to the ones that they're using in China, could someday soon be tied with personal credit scores so that a low ESG score could cause your personal credit score to drop and your access to loans and mortgages along with it. But it's, it's rare to see even the staunchest ESG supporter openly admit something like that. However, let's go to FICO's website in a little piece titled Lending Predictions of 2022. From BNPL to ESG and more, 
in which a FICO senior principal consultant seems to suggest he believes in 2022 ESG could be directly linked to personal and small business credit scores. This is crazy. This will never happen. It is happening. What you're seeing happen to Russia right now, and praise Allah, it's happening. I am all for the, the sanctioning of Russia, but the way they're cutting them off in all ways will be used against you unless you fall in line. You can't wait for people to um, buy into this because some people will just wait and wait and wait and it'll be too late. Find the people who will do their own homework. Let me give you this. Uh, The Secretary General of the United Nations just said, turning this ship around, meaning the world, will take immense willpower and ingenuity from governments and business alike in every major emitting nation. You're going to see tonight uh, with the State of the Union, Joe Biden trying to make a case for green energy. Listen to this quote. A key focus of my administration will be the revitalization of Japan through, and I'm quoting, a new form of capitalism. He said the time has come for historic economic and social transformations and that Japan will pioneer a new form of public-private partnership with leaders of government, industry, and labor all working together to shift policies into a new form of capitalism. That's the Prime Minister of Japan. Da, da, da. 